0: Hi, this is Joe Joukiewicz and welcome to the Storylanes podcast, the podcast where I tell the story of how I'm making an independent feature film while I am making it. And let's start this week's episode with a little bit more about what this whole podcast is going to be about. You see, every movie that is made to make money is a business. Sure, there's art involved, but there's also a whole lot of raising money and project management and marketing and sales. And while this podcast is going to talk about the artistic efforts that I'm going into to make this movie, I'm also going to talk an awful lot about the business side of making this film. You see, it is very important to me to make this film a successful business, to make a profit off this film. Because if this film succeeds financially, I'll be able to make another film, and another, and another, and another. And that ultimately is my goal here. I'm not just trying to make one movie, I'm trying to lay the foundation to make a whole set of movies, to spend the rest of my life making movies. So while there's a lot of resources out there in the world about the art of filmmaking, this season is going to be mostly about the business and about what it's going to take me to produce this film. I hope you decide to come along for the ride and see how I do. Now a status update. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, with that out of the way, today's episode is all about how I found a story and wrote a script. A script that is going to become the movie. So strap in and I'll tell you this piece of the tale. Now this chapter starts about a year ago. That's when I decided to commit to making my own independent film. And I realized that the first thing I needed was a script. Or actually, the first thing I needed was to decide what kind of a script I wanted. What were my requirements? So I sat down and wrote down a list of those requirements. Requirements that any movie I'd make would have to satisfy. Now a little aside here. One thing that will keep coming back in this story is my background. I've got over three decades working as a software engineer. I even have a PhD in computer science. With that kind of background, as you can imagine, I've developed a lot of habits on how to do a project. Habits that will be familiar to anyone who has worked in a software development organization. As I'm doing this project, I've set about making my movie much like I'd set about building a major new software system. And one of the first steps in that process is to write down the requirements for the project. I did that for my film. I wrote out my list of requirements that any story I'd produce would have to satisfy. And here are those requirements. First, it would have to be possible to make this movie on the cheap. I want to be a filmmaker. I don't want to be a fundraiser. Oh, raising funds is part of being a filmmaker. That's unavoidable. But it's not how I want to spend most of my time. And if I don't want to spend a lot of time raising money, I'd better write a script that can be made with a low budget. And just to be clear, when I say it could take a lot of time, I am potentially talking about years. It can take years to raise enough money to make a feature film. I don't want to take years before I'm shooting. And so, cheap is important. But what exactly do I mean when I say cheap? Well, the Screen Actors Guild has categories of film based on the budget. And their ultra-low budget category is anything under $300,000. So that's certainly one threshold. My film will almost certainly have a budget under $300,000. But it may go much lower. There's a lot of good films that cost well under that to make, even under 100000 or 50000 It's even possible to make it much cheaper, under 10000 But at that cost, you're probably getting volunteer labor to make the movie, and that's not what I want to do. As of this recording, I'm not exactly sure where my budget will end up. But when I talk here about a cheap budget, figure that I mean something between $50,000 and $300,000 to make the film. So in practical terms, what does that mean for the story? Well, cheap means a relatively small cast. No giant crowd shots with large numbers of extras. And cheap means few locations. A lot of locations means a lot of preparation, which means a lot of money. And it means a lot of traveling from set to set, which means a lot of time in transit. And time is money, which is as true on a movie production as it is anywhere else. Cheap means relatively low amounts of special effects, especially CGI. And cheap probably means it's not a period piece. Oh, I've seen some low-budget period pieces, but it's awfully hard to pull off. Period generally means costly. You can't just stop by the nearest Walmart and pick up a Regency costume. So first requirement, write something that can be cheap to make. Few sets, contemporary setting, small cast, not primarily effects-driven. Second requirement, a low-budget version of this movie has to be marketable. Why is this important? It's like I said, if I make a movie that makes money, then I'll get to make another movie. So marketability is critical. And that immediately limits the genre of the film. Some types of film need stars to make money. My first two feature scripts were rom-coms. But it's hard to market a rom-com if audiences don't know the actors and it's hard to hire actors that audiences know on an ultra-low budget. But audiences will go to some kind of film without stars. For example, you can make a low-budget family film or a low-budget faith-based film, and it can do well. But neither of those are a match with my tastes and preferences, so I'm ruling them out. But audiences will also watch genre films without stars or super-high production values. And as it happens, I love genre films. Horror, sci fi, thriller, these are among my most watched movies. In particular, I like what has come to be called elevated genre, genre films that also have something to say. Get Out, for example, or Ex Machina. Both of these are higher budget than I'm targeting. Get Out cost around 4.5 million, Ex Machina, closer to 15 million. But both were relatively low budget for the level of attention they got, and you could imagine much cheaper versions of both. And that leads to another digression. A given script could be the blueprint for films of different budgets. Add a few stars and some fancier special effects in your budget balloons. But you could make versions of many films for super cheap, under a million dollars, and they'd still work as stories. Maybe not a superhero special effects extravaganza, but certainly many kinds of genre movies. I once met one of the screenwriters of the film A Quiet Place. He said that they wrote the script so that it could be filmed on an ultra-low budget at his uncle's farm in Minnesota with no-name actors and rudimentary effects. Instead, the script attracted the attention of a pair of stars and ended up getting made for several million dollars. But the script would have worked on the cheap. The final budget for A Quiet Place was $17 million. That's a lot more money than I'm targeting, but by the standards of a major Hollywood film with two known stars, it's not much. That is no doubt in part because it had few settings and few characters, all the things that make for a cheap production. So, second requirement, elevated genre. And specifically, I decided to make a horror film. Horror films are particularly marketable at low-budget levels. There's an audience out there for that kind of film. And if you think of some horror movies, you can see why. Something like The Blair Witch Project, with a budget of $300,000, or It Follows, at $1.2 can still get huge audiences. So, third requirement. If you listened to any of last year's Storylanes podcasts, you heard me develop some strong opinions on story structure. In particular, you can listen to the episode about Alien to hear my discovery of the power of a strong midpoint. While I admit it's putting the cart before the horse, I decided I wanted my film to follow what I've come to think of as four-act structure. A starting teaser that begins with a jolt of energy. An opening act that introduces the characters in the situation. A second act where things start to get challenging for the protagonist. A bang-up midpoint that greatly escalates the challenges and where the movie may turn in an entirely new and unexpected direction. A third act with escalating conflicts and stakes where things are truly life or death. And finally, a fourth act where the hero makes the choice to confront the enemy and where the final showdown takes place. Yeah, yeah, I know. Three-act purists will call that a three-act plus a midpoint. I call it four-acts, splitting act two into two separate acts. The labeling isn't important. What's important is the structure. Call it whatever you want. That's the structure I decided to follow. Now, one most important aside, I'm not saying that this is the only structure that works. I do not believe in one-size-fits-all approaches to something as complex as storytelling. There's a whole lot of great films out there with entirely different structures, and that's okay. This just happens to be a structure that I know can work. There's a lot of great movies that follow this outline, and it works particularly well in horror. See some of last season's episodes of this podcast to hear about some examples. So this is the structure I decided to follow. And of course, when I was coming up with these requirements, I was busy making that first Story Lane season. So these structural considerations were much on my mind as I was coming up with my list of rules. Okay, so we have requirements in hand. The film has to be cheap, marketable, and follow four-act structure. Now all I needed was a story. Now one thing I should note. I'm actually fairly good at coming up with story ideas. I have a file full of dozens of ideas that would make good movies or TV shows. And when I've had to come up with an idea quickly, I've never found it that difficult. Perhaps I'll do an episode sometime about my process for coming up with ideas. In this case, I decided to come up with a methodical process to decide on a story. Come up with a bunch of ideas, winnow them down, study them in more detail, winnow some more, and finally settle on one. Break this down into distinct steps, taking a week or two for each step and out of each step produce some written artifact about each story I considered in that step. So, the first step, come up with a dozen ideas for movie scripts and do a little high-level thinking about each idea. For each one, I wrote a logline, a short summary of the story idea, the underlying theme of the story, and a description of a key scene. And each of these ideas need to satisfy my three requirements. So a couple things to note on this. First, for those of you who aren't immersed in the filmmaking world, a logline is a one-line description of a movie. There's some fairly rigid conventions on what it should sound like, but the key point is that it gives you a top-level view of what you'll be watching. For example, you might recognize this logline. A spirited farm boy joins a rebellion to save a princess from a sinister imperial enforcer and the galaxy from a planet-destroying weapon. I needed such a logline for each of my film ideas. Second, while a theme wasn't one of my strict requirements, I wanted my movie to say something, so a theme was required for me. And also a key scene. I believe that it's important for a movie to have at least one and hopefully more memorable scenes, because that's what audiences are going to take out of the movie with them. It could be Darth Vader force-choking an Imperial officer. Or three guys in a boat taking a break from hunting a shark, showing off their scars. Or a guy waking up in bed next to a bloody horse head. I think great scenes are important components to great movies, so I wanted to make sure that any idea I came up with would have at least one great scene. After two weeks of generating and documenting ideas, I had a document listing my 12 candidate stories. And here is an example of one of those ideas, idea number 10 in my list. The working title is Oxygen. The logline is, in a society where oxygen is strictly rationed, a poor woman must struggle to keep her family breathing. The setup is, oxygen is treated like health care, you have to pay for it. Some people have oxygen insurance that provides all they want, some people die for the lack of air. A key scene, a child can't play a vigorous game for fear of using up too much oxygen. A GoFundMe campaign raises money to help pay for oxygen for someone with a health condition that makes them need extra air. And the theme? Well, it's a metaphor for our healthcare system. So, now I had 12 movie ideas, and it was time to toss out six and move on to step two. And no, oxygen didn't make the cut. So for each of the surviving stories, I did a detailed write-up that ended up being around a page and a half per idea. This included the logline, a one-paragraph summary that says what the story is without getting into the plot, a sentence on the theme, a one-line description of each of the key characters, a one-paragraph synopsis of the film, a list of the key plot points, and a list of the key scenes of the film a list of locations, and a list of pluses and minuses of the idea. So what do I mean by plot points here? Well, we've already met one, the key midpoint. But there's others. Plot points are essentially the major turning points of the film, and usually mark the shift from one act to another. For my purpose, I settled on five, a teaser that starts the film with a bang, the inciting incident that kicks off the story. Plot point one that shifts us from setup to the action of the film and marks the shift from act one to act two. The midpoint, which is also the shift from act two to act three. Plot point two, the key event that catapults us into the final act. For more details on all of this, see some of the earlier Storylanes episodes that focused on story structure. In particular, listen to the very first episode, which describes some of the language of screenwriting and what all these terms mean. So now, somewhere around the end of the second week of Idea Generation, I had six page-and-a-half write-ups of six different ideas. And in the course of creating these write-ups, I had discovered more about these stories. I had fleshed out strengths and weaknesses in ways that often made it obvious which ideas would work and which didn't fit my requirements. I really did learn a lot about these films in this step and some of my thoughts took surprising turns. For instance, one idea started out as a horror film about a haunted smartphone that tries to kill its owner. But as I looked closer at this idea, I discovered that the story was a comedy, it wasn't a horror after all. It's hard to make an evil phone scary, it's a lot easier to make it comic. And since I didn't want to make a comedy, they generally require known actors to be marketable, That idea didn't advance to the next step. But three ideas did advance, my finalists, and now it was time to dive deeper into each of them. So for each of these three ideas, I wrote up a formal pitch document. This is a form of document that contains a title, a logline, and a set of comps. And comps are the Star Wars meets the Blues Brothers that you often hear parodied. Most important, each write-up contains a long synopsis, a detailed outline of the entire film written as a one-to-three-page story. So I spent a week writing up the detailed outlines of the three different story ideas. And at the end of that, I picked one of the ideas to write. And, I should note, this wasn't the idea I was expecting to choose. I had one idea coming into this process about a kind of elderly vampire sucking the life out of young people something that I thought could be an interesting metaphor for how millennials are struggling to have the same levels of wealth and quality of life of their parents. That was one of my three finalists, but after diving deeper into each idea, a different story emerged. And so I started writing the script. But then things took a twist. A week or so later, when I had written about 15 pages or so of my first draft, I had a consultation with an industry exec through Roadmap Writers. I'll talk more about Roadmap Writers in a later episode. The key point now is that I spent a few months in early 2020 working through Roadmap Writers to try to break into the industry. It didn't work out for me, but I did get a lot of great consultations and advice, and learned a lot more about the filmmaking business, and even some things about myself. Now, in the course of that consultation, I talked a little about my goal to make a film, and I described one of my finalist ideas not the idea that I chose, but another. The guy was quite enthusiastic about it, said he thought it was really marketable. So I decided to switch to that one, make that film instead. I put aside the 15 pages or so that I had written and instead started writing the other script. It came to be called The Jekyll Effect and was a modern take on Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, a story I find fascinating. And I really liked the script and I got a lot of positive feedback on it. And by the end of December 2020, with the script fairly polished, I had settled on the idea of making it as my first feature. But then things took another twist. In a quiet moment, I dug out the pages I had written on that first script, and I reread them. And the protagonist jumped off the page and insisted that I write her story. This was actually a new experience for me, and an exciting one. There was something in those pages that seized hold of my imagination. I had to write this story. I finished the first draft of that script in only about a week or two. It went incredibly quickly. The story just flowed out of me. And after showing it to a few people, it became clear that this would be the story I would make. The script did need polishing, but its first draft got more positive feedback than any other first draft I've written. And that protagonist, well, she is something special. So I decided that this was my script. Now I suppose this is one of the things I like about this story. Because I came up with this detailed process to decide on the perfect film to make. And at the very end, one character jumped off the page and derailed the entire process. Art overcame calculation. The show went out over the business. Now, I had a draft of the script. But it wasn't done, because one lesson you'll hear everywhere, there's nothing you can do to improve your movie that's cheaper than improving the script. Before making a film, you want the script to be as good as it can possibly be. And you can do that before hiring the cast and bringing in the equipment. I want this film to be as good as I can possibly make it. So now that I had a first draft, it was time to make it better. Now, I don't know about other screenwriters, but I'm not always the best judge of the quality of my writing, so I'm a strong believer in getting as much feedback from as many sources as I can get, and I certainly did that with this script. I ordered coverage from a screenplay coverage service, Coverage Inc. I submitted it to the Blacklist site, which provides paid evaluations of screenplays. I'm part of two different writing groups, and I submitted the script to both of them and got feedback from the group. Great feedback and I entered some contests that provided written feedback. Finally, I did another round of consultation with Roadmap Execs, something that i found is one of the cheapest ways of getting a good script consultation. Now, I very strongly advise anyone who wants to make a movie to get independent feedback. And not just from your friends. You want feedback from people who will hold you to a professional standard and who will not spare your feelings. That's certainly what I wanted. It's more important to me to make a good movie than to feel good about my writing. I'd rather know the script is bad before I make it, because it's going to be a lot easier to fix when it's only words on paper. So here I am. I'm sure there will be more tweaks to this script before all is done. But for now, I'm happy with it. And what is this story? It's called Smart House. Here's the logline. When a cantankerous feminist podcaster's smart house is hacked, she has to defeat the hacker before the house kills her. Essentially, it's a haunted house movie where the haunting is provided by hacked smart house technology. It contains a lot of haunted house tropes, but there's real-world explanations for all of them. But really, it's as if your worst enemy in the world seized control of your Alexa. Jax, the podcaster, is foul-mouthed, aggressive, a walking source of conflict, and a huge amount of fun. And not, incidentally, loosely based on my mother. The house itself is filled with killer appliances, a shower that almost scalds Jax to death, and it's run by robots and drones that go berserk. There's twists and turns, escalating threats, and fun little podcast scenes in which Jax says some seriously snarky things about the house's tech. I expect it to be at times scary and funny and a whole lot of fun. It's going to be interesting to make. And just by listening to this podcast, you get to be along for the ride. So go ahead, subscribe to the Storylanes podcast, and you can find out all the twists and turns of the making of this movie. Next week, we'll cover more twists and turns, because I'm going to discuss the next big decision that I have to make. What is the business model for this movie? I'll talk about just what that means and some different business models that I'm considering. Smart House could end up being several different kinds of movies at different budget levels with different ways of making money. Come by next week to hear me discuss some of the things I'm considering. Meanwhile, check us out at StoryLanes.com where you'll find the script to this episode along with any links that I find worth sharing about this stuff. Until then, this is Joe Jakevich of the Story Lanes Podcast. Talk to you later.